Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Good morning, Linda. Hi, Dawn. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, being here today and catching us up on your latest piece, which is ahead of the 2024 election, the GOP launches Bank Your Vote. So tell us about it. Sure. Um, Well, the the GOP, uh, and first of all, excuse my voice, I have a bit of a cold, so... Um, I'm sorry. a little worse than usual, but it's going <laughs> around. I'm not really feeling sick. It's just the voice. But anyway, yeah, they they're launching um, Bank Your Vote. Uh, they have a website, uh, BankYourVote.com, and um, it's like a whole package of trying to get Republicans to do what Democrats have been very successful at doing, which is uh, voting early by mail. Um, which, for whatever reason, Republicans have been reluctant to do. So um, they also have uh, a digital team and um, a data team, and they're working on messaging for commercials, like the whole a whole lot of stuff that they're trying to do to get this message out, as well as approaching the media, for, such as me, for stories. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so t- tell me a little bit about it, because for a time... For a time, it seemed like the GOP was not embracing, and here in Pennsylvania and across the country, was not necessarily embracing mail-in voting. And so now this is this is a little bit of a change, right? To say, no, we want Republicans, if, if you can do a, a mail-in vote, go ahead and do it. That's true, and it's ironic because the Republican legislature at that time, a few years back, 2019, passed Act 77, which permitted mail-in balloting. So, um, however, uh, people were concerned about it, that their you know, ballot would get lost, et cetera, et cetera, or um, maybe uh, accidentally, quotes, misplaced, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, all kinds of worries. Uh, whereas if you go in person, this was a thought that um, e- your vote would be counted that way. But... Now they're saying, never mind. It's, it's it's secure. You can you can vote by um, mail mail in ballots or drop it in the ballot boxes. So, well, that's um, my question because I there there are a couple different issues here. The first and most important one I think that that's important is is that we have voter ID. So if I go in when I go into my polling place. And we, we go in, it's a church in the Chestnut Hill section of Philadelphia. We go in and they have a, a booklet there and I have to sign in. I don't have to show my ID now because right. I've already established myself. 
So, but, but initially you do have to, you know, they have to verify that you are who you say you are. So is there a push for voter ID and, and that sort of thing? And then we'll, we'll go from there. But I'll ask you that one well, first. Um, well, I think there is a push uh, for voter ID. It, it's very popular among Republicans, but for whatever reason, Democrats do not like it. So I don't know if it will go anywhere in the House. Um, but you're right. That's exactly how I vote, too, is you sign the book and they know who you are, basically. Um, but with the mail-in ballots, they are they they have the list of who's voting so you know who they sent it out to and then when it comes back they check against those rolls um presumably computerized and see who's you know see check that you're the actual voter that they sent the ballot out to and that's supposed to uh keep people from voting several times yeah because and that leads me to my next question which is so i know that the the ballots they're mailed out, I think, what, a month ahead, about 30 days in advance. Is that right? Right. And so I have teenagers who, once they got their, uh, they're obviously not, when, when they got their learner's permit, they were sent ballots. They were, or sent the opportunity to, to vote, in other words. And that, and, and then they were sent also, I remember with Fetterman, they were getting a ton of mail from about right. the Fetterman campaign. And that interested me as well because there was a connection between, I thought, huh, it was around because it was during that primary election. And I thought, isn't that something? My teenagers, you know, got their driver's permit and now they're getting all of this, you know, voting material. And then they got, you know, what looked like a ballot, but it was encouraging them to, to go ahead and vote by mail and apply for that. Obviously, they were not even of age yet. And then at the same time, they were getting campaign material, but not from Republicans. And so to me, I just think, how do we lock it down and know that even if somebody somehow got a mail-in ballot, how do we verify they are who they are? And ultimately, if they drop it in a drop box, that, that to me is an open-ended situation unless it's a drop box that's in a facility that has 24-7, you know, surveillance. True. Um, some of, in some of the counties, the drop boxes do have um, cameras so they can sort of keep track. But that is a concern. Um, and I know there was a case, uh, re- I think it was last year, where there was somebody from Upper Dublin put in a bunch of ballots in and you're only allowed to put in your own ballot unless you have a signed permission slip from another person, say they're ill to vote for them. So you're really only supposed to put in your own ballot, but this woman put in a bunch of different ballots. They caught her on the video and um, the former chair of the Montgomery County Republicans, Liz Havey um, made a big deal about it, of course. And, um, went to the DA about it, but he never evidently pressed charges or anything against that woman who claimed to have just made a mistake that she didn't know. Right. But yeah. but you have to, you do have to worry about that. Yeah. And I think, you know, in, in that instance, I, to me, Linda, I think we have to be reasonable 
I mean, if somebody is, is um, you know, through their church, they're helping out like elderly or disabled folks, there's a scenario by which certainly if they have the mail-in ballots of those folks, there must be a place where they could just bring it in person and explain, hey, these, these seven people, you know, I work at, with the nursing home and these are their mail-in ballots. How do I make sure that I do this properly? So I know those things happen. But at the same time, it just feels like, and I know in New Jersey, especially, I've been told this by so many parents, that their, their teenagers, 16-year-olds, who had gotten their, their driver's light, you know, licensing and permitting, were sent actual ballots, mail-in ballots. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what concerns me. How can people who didn't ask for a ballot, how can they get it in the mail? And this is reportedly... Things like this are happening. And so I think that's that's a piece of this. I know the RNC, they're trying to educate Republicans and say, vote by mail, thinking that that'll cure the problem with people not actually going to the polls. I still, I still wonder if there are other issues here that we should be looking at so that people have confidence in the system. And that's... Well, I, th- I think you're right. There, there are little loopholes in places where... Like what you're mentioning, I had no idea that they were sending 16-year-old um, requests for mail-in ballots just when they get their driver's license. Yeah, and and it was just odd to me, and I can only say with, with my sons, it was odd to me that at the same time they were getting uh, actual election material, that they were also getting, um, you know, mailers, advertisements, from people who are Democrats, and it wasn't across the board. It wasn't just, oh, this is election season, and they're getting stuff from Republicans and Democrats. It was only from Democrats. And so I can't explain it. I just thought I'd bring it up there. But I I think all of this stuff makes people, and you you wrote in your article the word skittish. And I think some of this does give you that uneasy feeling and a sad feeling to think, I really want to have full confidence in our system whether you drop it off at a drop box or what have you, you know? Well, that's true. You you definitely want to have confidence. Um, As far as the Fetterman campaign goes, um, I'm not a registered Democrat, and yet I got tons of mail and email, especially emails from him and text messages. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, So I think that that was just the Fetterman campaign itself. Yeah, they were... They advertised through a group that was like a 501c4 or five, was a 501c something, three or four. And they said that they were an educational group, but they did not educate you on anybody but John Fetterman. <laughs> That's what I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, another, but, and, oh, go ahead. Another. Go ahead. All right. Well, I was just going to add that um, Fetterman's messages were extremely youthful and snappy and, you know, full of uh, catchwords, you know, yeah. that appeal to young people, too. Yeah. Well, uh, another article, I just want to mention this because you wrote a wonderful article about a Holocaust survivor who talked about the voyage of the St. Louis, the MS St. Louis. Um, oh yes, and can you just can you just headline that for us? Tell us a little bit. It's a wonderful story. Well, thank God she survived and and um, was able to come to America um, 
and she she by all accounts lived a happy life here got married had children um and grandchildren however that ship was turned away um by president roosevelt he refused to respond to appeals from the captain of the ship and it was sent back to europe um and it was at a time when the during the holocaust um when German Jews were being rounded up, and most of the passengers aboard were German Jews. And um, some of the countries in Europe, uh, England, um, the Netherlands, France, and Belgium, took passengers, but especially those that went to France, because France was uh, conquered pretty quickly by the Germans, ended up in concentration camps and were killed. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's like a very horrible situation. And they sailed past Miami, and they're looking out the ship, and there's, you know, Miami and the palm trees and the safety of America, and they go right by it. It's, it's, It's an incredible story in history, the story of the MS St. Louis, but you actually talked about um, a 92-year-old. She's she's 92 years old, right? And Ms. Bre- Mrs. Breslow, is that right? Yes, and she was a child on the ship with her mother. Her father had gotten out ahead of her, ahead of the family, um, and it was only, she was an only child. And he had gotten out and was planning to meet them in Cuba, and from there they hoped to get... Um, visas to the U.S., they had a distant cousin who lived in Philadelphia who was going to vouch for them and who did vouch for them. That's how they eventually uh, got over here. But um, the Cuban authorities changed their minds about letting them in. There was a lot of um, uh, newspaper articles and radio shows uh, that were anti-Semitic and public opinion turned against the Jews and, and the Cubans didn't want to let them uh, disembark. So that was part of it, too. This is something it's it, this is incredible. It's a, a screening of a film about Ronnie Breslow's life. And she was eight years young on this ship with her mom. And now it's at the uh, Radnor Memorial Library, June 11th, Escape from Nazi Germany, a 13-minute documentary and produced and directed by mainline TV filmmakers who are local. So it's a great local story. And they won a bronze telly award. This is awesome. This is true. And and, um, Mrs. Breslow is local, too. She lives in Elkins Park. So, and, you know, she's amazing for 92 years old. My goodness. (laughs) She certainly has all her faculties and is very spunky. (laughs) I love stories like this, and I love um, the fact that we can bring history alive. This this is in a local library and local screenings. I'll probably try to bring my boys to this as well and get them to see this. It's Wonderful that it's a local, you know, local woman telling her, sharing her story and her piece of American history. But how cool is it that these mainline uh, TV filmmakers have brought this to light? I love it. And thank you for, you know, sharing the story with us, Linda, as well. Oh, sure. Um, Now, this was the only screening I know of scheduled so far, but um, I bet that mainline TV will have other screenings of it. Um, that you can look out for. Yeah, because I know that one I missed in, in earlier this month. So I will look forward to it because that's just tremendous. I mean, it really, 
you know, and I had done the story with the ADL fairly recently, you know, talking about what's happening in the community. But this is one of those positive stories, and I think it's captivating. So thank you. You wrote a great article about I'm it. sure. Yeah, people can check it out. Linda Stein. Well, whenever, whenever I hear about a Holocaust survivor, I feel it's important. If yeah. I can write about them, I, I do. Yeah. Yeah, just to, just to bring it to light, because a lot of these folks, I know for me, and on the television side, reporting on them, interviewing them, and I know some still make the rounds either through Zoom, but talking to kids in the classroom. But it, it, I, kids light up when they can actually meet somebody who, you know, like this young lady, she was eight years old, now 92. But to tell that story for in a first-person way just brings home the history of this happening, you know, in her lifetime. And it, it's mind-blowing, but also it captivates kids' minds, all of our minds, really. Well, thanks for mentioning it, Dawn. Absolutely. Linda Stein, we hope you come back. I, I love... I find what you write about and such a diversity of issues as, as we just displayed here. But Linda Stein, you can find her work, um, and Linda's the news editor at Delaware Valley Journal. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Dawn. Take care. <laughs> you take care of yourself. Take care of that voice and that cold. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.